This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. to the Avengers. None of them are quite as cuddly as the teddy bear that magically came to life, developed superpowers, and was able to help save the world. Super Ted is a Welsh cartoon show about a teddy bear with superpowers. It was created by Mike Young and led to a series of popular books and a cartoon series that ran from 1983 to 1986. Young created the idea to help his son deal with a fear of the dark. This story has connections to Harry Potter, the Beatles, Captain Marvel, and Welsh Pride all wrapped together. If you're from the UK, you'll like this, but this also has a connection to North America, and hopefully you remember it. Okay, here we go. If you've been around this podcast before, I've shared a lot that I grew up between Canada and England. As much as my childhood was full of North American influences such as G.I. Joe, Mr. Dress Up, and Transformers, a big part of my upbringing involved British content. I love Blue Peter, Banana Man, which I've talked about on the show before. I read Dandy and Beano, and I, of course, love Super Ted. Every little kid loves superheroes and Superman. And they also love stuffed animals, so why not combine the two? This is what led Mike Young to create a story that was originally geared for his young son who was having trouble sleeping at night due to fear of the dark. So let's take a look back at the cuddliest superhero of them all, Super Ted. The year was 1978, and as mentioned, Mike Young from Wales had a young son who was afraid of the dark. We've all been there as kids, but Young wanted to help his son tackle this problem head on. One night, he went to check on his son, who would constantly be awake. When he went in, he noticed a teddy bear sitting on his bed. The first idea Young had was to create a story of a bear from the woods who also had a fear of the dark. Young expanded on the idea that the bear should also have superpowers. The powers would come from Mother Nature. Superheroes are a big part of every kid's upbringing, so Young thought that the bear should be able to turn into some sort of superhero. This would happen anytime the bear would say a magic word that was given to him by Mother Nature. This word would let the ordinary bear turn into Super Ted. Young tells the story that this came about because when he had gone back in his son's room, he was holding a tea towel and that he used that to make a cape on the bear. <laughs> <laughs> 
This isn't exactly Harry Potter, but it's interesting to see another situation where a bedtime story for kids turned into something much bigger. Young's son loved the story and was going to school and telling his classmates about the adventures of Super Ted from the previous night's stories. Young would run into people in town who had heard the stories from their own children. He believed there may be something to this creation. take Super Ted to the masses, he needed to be more than just a bear that helped kids with their fear of the dark. He needed to be a real superhero. This helped to evolve Super Ted into a crime fighter, like all good superheroes. There would also be adversaries such as the evil Texas Pete. Young decided to put his stories into a book. The first versions he created weren't really working. But then he went to a local printer who helped him polish up the book's production and publication. The format and structure of the book worked well, and Young would go on to quickly write a hundred different stories. The book spread very quickly, and a few of them made their way around the world, getting the attention of Disney and Warner Brothers. Before Super Ted would become a cartoon, it was already getting interest as a live-action film. The idea was simple, and a teddy bear superhero seemed like a can't-miss hit for younger audiences. Way back in 1980, Warner Brothers offered $250,000 to hold the rights for a future live-action film version of Super Ted. They also wanted to be involved with creating British cartoons, but Young had a specific request. He wanted production to be entirely Welsh not based in London either, and to provide jobs to Welsh people. But before all that, the cartoon show Super Ted was about to take place. This is a story about an ordinary teddy bear. When he was made, they found something wrong with him and threw him away like a piece of rubbish into an old dark storeroom. Then, from outer space, a spotty man brought him to life with his cosmic dust. He took him to a magic cloud where Mother Nature gave him special powers. That bear became Super Ted. The Super Ted cartoon expanded on the simple story of Super Ted and gave him a more cosmic origin. And this would run from 1983 to 1986, last three seasons, and be made up of 30 episodes. This cartoon is what would take Super Ted around the world, and it ended up being shown in 30 different countries. But similar to the Warner Brothers deal, Young wanted to keep things local. He was approached by several companies to animate and produce the cartoon, but it was always the same story. They wanted him to come to London. Young was obviously proudly Welsh and decided to go out on his own. This was a big risk, but he created serial productions that would be based in Cardiff. This way, he could provide employment and opportunities to fellow Welshians. But there was another big reason Young created his own production company. 
ultimately to have more control. When given over to another production, they would lose control of the essence of Super Tit. Some of the other companies wanted Super Tit to go in a more violent direction. Nothing extreme, but he was a superhero, so there would be an essence of violence. Young wanted nothing to do with that and wanted to create a show that he and other parents would be proud to show their children. They wanted something that was creative, fun, and nonviolent. They also didn't want their episodes to follow asinine cookie-cutter plots, but wanted to do something that at least had a little substance to it. So when it came to the premise of the Super Ted cartoon, the bear in the woods sort of Mother Nature connection was out. What was in was a bit more of a Marvel cosmic universe story that honestly wouldn't be too out of place with Guardians of the Galaxy. The premise that you heard in the intro is just something like this. We see a teddy bear factory. Fun fact, just from researching this, I'd totally forgotten. We get the term Teddy Bear because of Teddy Roosevelt, who had a stuffed bear named after him. So we have this regular teddy bear in a factory and it's on the assembly line. And this one was seen to be defective for some reason and just tossed aside. But then we meet an alien type creature covered in spots. He's an alien from the planet Spot and for some reason is hanging around this teddy bear factory on Earth. The spotty alien sprinkles some cosmic dust on the bear and it brings him to life. But surprise, Mother Nature actually is back, and the alien brings the now sentient bear to get her to get his full superpowers. I'm now wondering if there's this connection relation between Super Ted and Teddy Ruxpin. If you never heard, I did an episode all about Teddy Ruxpin, who has this actual magical history story himself um, when you look back at the cartoon. Anyway, this bear is alive and now full of powers. But he can only harness those powers when he says that magic word given to him by Mother Nature. When he does, he transforms into Super Ted with a full costume and cape. So you look at it this way, there's actually a little more connection to Captain Marvel than any other superhero when you look at the origin of Super Ted. The rest of the premise involves Super Ted and Spotty traveling around the world helping those in need, but they also travel through space too. We also get more acquainted with that villain Texas Pete. Pete has two bumbling sidekicks, including a very flamboyant skeleton and a meathead goon named Bulk. I had growing up the Super Ted little books and cassette tape combination things. One of the hardest I ever remember laughing as a kid was in one of those episodes on that book uh, tape combination where Super Ted, um, where Texas Pete says that he will bash Bulk's brains in to which Bulk replies, what brains Tex? I don't know. That was the funniest thing in the world when I was a kid. So now, Super Ted and Spotty try to do good throughout the universe while trying to thwart Texas Pete's plans for world domination. Let's- 
let's take a journey back to 2003. Canadian teen sensation Avril Lavigne was topping the charts and turning the music industry upside down. But what if I told you that the Avril Lavigne we know and love might not be the same Avril? What? Did Avril die? Was she replaced by a doppelganger? I'm Joanne McNally and I'm doing a deep dive into a notorious internet conspiracy. Who replaced Avril Lavigne? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. So as we've discussed, the first version of this Super Ted cartoon lasted for three years and 30 episodes and was seen in over 30 countries. And I remember watching and loving this during the times I spent in England growing up. But I was unaware that a new series came to North America. It was called The Further Adventures of Super Ted. He's made of magic and dreams that do come true. And when things go wrong, he'll be there for me and you. The Further Adventures of Super Ted first came out in 1989. By that point, I was a bit too old, but also unaware that it existed. This series was produced by Hanna-Barbera, even though it took a little bit to get there. Young knew that he would have to let a bigger company take control of Super Ted if it was going to grow. This is where he was able to sell a stake of it to Disney. And this was significant because it was the first time the giant company had bought animation from an outside studio. This was a huge risk for Young, but he really had no choice. So Disney bought a majority of the rights and brought in Hanna-Barbera to actually make it. The original Super Ted had already been appearing on the Disney Channel in 1984. The further adventures of Super Ted would be a bit higher end with even better production values. But there would be a few changes, including adding in extra villains. There was that new American style intro. This show would poke fun at American culture. Super Ted also would be voiced by Danny Cooksey instead of Derek Griffiths, who voiced the UK version. The BBC would air this version, but re-record the voices of the original British actors. And here's a side note on all that. The British actors for the original show were some big-time players at the time. If you're from the UK, you might have recognized them. But how did an upstart new production company get these heavy-hitting actors? Well, you can thank the Beatles for that, kind of. Young was cousins with Victor Spinetti, who appeared in many Beatles films. Because of this, Spinetti had amazing connections, and when it came time to cast the show, he said he would take care of it and was able to assemble a top-notch voice talent team. In the further adventures of Super Ted, there were also a ton of new characters, including Major Billy Bob, the Space Beavers, Kiki, and Blotch, just to name a few. 
The weird thing with this new series is that each episode is split into two, making for 26 10-minute episodes instead of 13 regular ones. Because of the re-recording, the series would debut in January 1990 on the BBC, even though it came out in 1989 in the States. If you're a fan of Super Ted, you've probably heard about a Super Ted reboot for years. Mike Young has done a lot of work with his production company and now lives in Los Angeles. In 2014, he announced plans for a new series. The plan was to create 26 half-hour episodes ready to go by 2016. That obviously didn't happen, and things seemed to be pushed to the back burner. As of April 2021, according to the BBC, it was announced that things were back in action, and the plan is to release new episodes in 2023. The plan is to make a CGI series, and hopefully it will be picked up by either Netflix, Disney Plus, or HBO Max. It would seem to make sense that it would work for Disney Plus, as they do have a connection to the property. It will be interesting to see how this plays out. There's obviously a big nostalgia factor that should draw people in, but will they stay? Super Ted is still a British staple and the average American may not even know about it. But what about a modern audience? There's so many things vying for kids' attention. Will a superhero teddy bear capture their interest? I would think it does have a fighting chance. It's still that combination of superheroes, which kids will always love, a teddy bear, which kids still love, and something that is sort of cute and adventurous all wrapped into one. If you're British and grew up in the 80s, you most likely know of Super Ted. If you're from somewhere else, this may be somewhat new to you, but then there are a lot of people in North America who grew up with their version of Super Ted. Overall, Super Ted can be considered a big success because by the end of his run, the show had been seen in 128 different countries. Not only that, this character connected so well with children, it was dubbed into 32 different languages. There are not a lot of other cartoon shows that can make that claim. Personally, Super Ted is one of my favorite childhood memories and still one of my favorite cartoons from growing up. It's weird having these two different worlds between Canada and England because each has their own unique cultures and shows and pop culture moments and stuff like that. But I was thankful to be exposed to shows like Super Ted right in their prime. These days, sometimes you can track down full episodes on YouTube. If you've never seen this thing before, have a look for it and see what's out there. You'll get the sense of this cartoon and you'll pick up on you know, some of the, the vibe they were going for and the feeling, the way they tried to set it apart from other cartoons at the time. 
So let's finish it there. Hopefully you like this look into something you are already a fan of, or it's, uh, you know, a new thing you're learning about and a pretty interesting story. Again, I love that childhood bedtime story connection that grew into this massive influential cartoon that were seen by kids around the world. Again, not at the level of Harry Potter, but, you know, followed in those, you know, similar um, footsteps and, you know, something that just started for one kid touch the lives of of millions. So I wanted to finish with a quick bio shout out of the Patreon of the week. And this is Jared from Huntington, West Virginia. So asking some of his favorite things from the 80s. So starting with his favorite 80s movie, the classic go to the Goonies. Can't go wrong there. Favorite 80s TV show, This is awesome. The Golden Girls, which has made such a good comeback now. And I've seen so many people be exposed to this show for the first time because now it's available on multiple different streaming services and appreciating how good this show was. Favorite 80s cartoon for him, DuckTales. Favorite 80s band, Tears for Fears. Great call there. Favorite toy, Jared had the infamous G.I. Joe USS flag, the mythical greatest toy of all time. He says he had a big blue blanket that he would spread out and use the ocean for it. And this is one of the only people I've ever connected with that actually own the G.I. Joe USS flag. And I did an entire episode about this monumental toy, if you want to go back and check that out. Favorite breakfast cereal of the 80s for Jared, Captain Crunch. And he said he used to love to solve the riddles and puzzles on the back of the box. Do you remember how... The cereal box was like our morning newspaper when we were kids and you'd eat the entire breakfast while reading the box. I don't know if that happens anymore with kids these days, but that's something I definitely miss. So thanks again to Jared. And so this is Patreon and Patreon is a way to support small independent shows like this. And it starts as as little as a few bucks a month, but you get different audio rewards and rewards depending on which tier you uh, donate at. So like this example, one of the tiers, you get these uh, Patreon bio shout outs here on the show. And also just, you know, to hear favorites of fellow listeners and stuff like that. Then there's say the Boba Fett tier on Patreon, and that gives you access to the Everything 80s Movie Club, where review classic good and bad movies from the 1980s. If you're interested in supporting the show, if you're in a position to do so and want to learn more, just go to Patreon dot com slash 80 so p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash 80s or wherever you're listening to this on there will be a link in the show notes or description of the show that'll take you right there but again thanks to jared thank you to listening and i will be back soon with a new episode don't you dare miss it